online and on your mobile. From the UK to the world, this is Diverse FM. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Robin and Friends, a podcast featuring highlights from some of our best shows on Diverse FM. It may contain some cheeky chats too, so enjoy. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Robin of Robin and Friends. This week, we're listening back to one of the conversations we had back in summer 2018. In the summer, I did a series of shows called the Mid Morning Show, and Petri Houskin, who's the guest for this episode, spoke to me during that summer time, talking about some of the ideas on her radio show and some of the guests that she felt like quite interesting, and some of the other stories from her. Um, by the way, Petri is a broadcast journalist, BBC presenter. Also, and a love of London. She has been presenting BBC Radio London's Early Breakfast Show for over three years. Before that, she has been presenting on other stations on LBC, for example, as well. I really enjoy listening to this conversation because it highlights something that people don't normally care about radio presenters. They just feel like presenters sitting there get some scripts on paper, reading out, and then job down. It's not really like that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. This is a podcast from Diverse FM. Morning, welcome along to the show. This is Mid Morning on Diverse FM. Now today we have a lovely friend. She's really talented and a really lovely presenter on BBC Radio London. It is Petrie Hoskin. Hello, Petrie. Morning. Good morning to you. Very kind of you to say I'm very talented. That is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Right.、Um, first of all, please tell us what kind of show are you doing on BBC, please. Okay, so on the BBC, I do what's called the early breakfast show, which is four a.m. till seven a.m.、Uh, UK time, and basically, it's a topical current affairs talk show, really. So I get in at three o'clock in the morning and go through the newspapers, go through the wires, talk to the overnight producer to find out what's. Been a good conversation. What's been a bad conversation,、um, and then go through all the newspapers again and decide which topics that I'd like to talk about.、Um, and then I go on air at four o'clock.、Um, I always have a guest between four and five who talks with me through the topics I've chosen and some of their own choices in the newspapers. So that's for the first hour. Then the second hour, it's open. To the public, and they phone in, and and we discuss topical matters of the day,、uh, sometimes light, sometimes very heavy,、um, and then in the last hour, six until seven, I do interviews with people on the main news stories of the day. So,、uh, and are all the way through a sort of. That hour as well, we take calls as well. So, quite a busy show. Yeah, yes, Petri.、Um, I've been listening to your show for、uh, over a year now because、um, I used to listen to、uh, someone, some other presenters ahead of you presenting the same time slot before. But、um, since you take over, I think the show become very much different from the previous one. You, I mean, you 
do choose different types of、um, topics in the show. As you just mentioned, you you sometimes you talk about some light side of the things. Sometimes you choose some you know heavy、uh, political topics like this morning. So how did you entertain your audience? Or perhaps you don't really want to entertain your audience by purpose? No, it's 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 a very interesting thing with radio. There's something called an arc, where you need to present a topic. In a way that is reachable by everybody, I, I hate presenters who use、uh, big, clever language、yeah. in, in order to make themselves look more intelligent than their audience. I think it separates the audience. I also think that when you're having a serious conversation, even if it's in a coffee shop or or in a bar. You have serious conversations, but you interject that with a little humour or a little、uh, normal conversation, and and that's what I try to recreate is conversation rather than debate, if that makes sense. So I like to have a, a laugh with with people, even on the most serious topics. You can find humour because we're all human beings, and 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 I think that humour is a default position, particularly when things. Are very serious, so it's, it's it's sort of an arc. So you 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 start serious, explain the story in a way that everybody is included,、uh, and then take it to a to a point where you've talked all the serious stuff, and then and then bring it round to a little bit of humour. And I I always like to inject a bit of humour, a bit of a laugh at various points in the programme, and it, it's a deliberate theatre, if you like. I'm always conscious that. If we get too heavy,、uh, then that's not entertaining. But also, I'm a news current affairs program, so it has to be newsy and current as well. So it's it's a balance, and you you can hear it in the conversation you're having if somebody's up for a, a laugh or somebody's up to be have a bit fun poked at them, or、um, and, and that I'm afraid just comes with years and years of experience. Yeah. Okay. Because I listen to Russ Kane sometimes. He's he's your、uh, one of your best guests. Guests, I guess. He always can find something different from the the serious topic. So I always love to listen to his、um, opinions on、uh, almost every issues you talk about in the show. He's really nice. <laughs> he's 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 absolutely brilliant, and he's a consummate professional.、Um, and I have a different relationship with every. Uh, of my regular guests, if you like, and and Russ and I have become friends through working together,、um, and I appreciate him very much, and I appreciate his his take on on stories, and and I also appreciate that he doesn't mind me challenging him, because、uh, you know I'm、uh, even if somebody's a friend, it does I don't let them off. You know, if they make a comment that needs challenging, because I, I have to put myself in the position of the listener. I'm not the presenter.、Um, I'm there to speak on behalf of or listen for the listener. And so, if I hear something that I feel needs challenging, then I will challenge him. My other great contributor is Laurie Led, who's、yeah. a, an American woman, my favourite little American, and she and I were friends before. I brought her into the program, but she also is a spectacularly brilliant commentator, and so we can have a laugh. I take the mick out of her a lot, and she takes it, and the audience really enjoy it because they're listening to two people having a conversation. It's not an interview, so it's a conversation that we have. So it goes off tangent, comes back to the point. 
you know, like a normal conversation that you'd have with your friends. Yes, I absolutely agree with you, Petri.、Um, to be honest with you, I've listened to.、Uh, it's on Thursday usually. Listen to Larry Lett, and she's always very much in. You know. Uh, I shouldn't say funny, but she does have that kind of humor, make me feel happy when I was listening to her comments. It's a long time for me, so I just always want to listen to something different. Right, Petri, let's come to a different side of、um, of your、uh, show. Sometimes, how did you cope with you know some kind of、um, aggressive、uh, response to your topic? I, I still remember once、um, you asking the question. Women are wearing, you know, shorts and skirts, and shall we do more to protect them? And one of your callers calling, saying they're asking to be raped.、Yeah. Um, listen, you wanted to talk about this Angela Lansbury story. Yeah. Well, I think women are usually asking for it. Since time began, women have always been、uh, want to look attractive. Well, they're asking to be asking attacked. To be、yeah. They're asking to be raped. Yeah. I see girls around here, young girls with short skirts, and they've got their legs. Legs showing. Well, they're asking for it, aren't they? So, how did you cope with this situation? You you deal with this really professionally. Yeah, that was a real moment, wasn't it? I am I'm a human being, so I can sometimes respond in a human way and and get cross. And I do. My producer does often say, "No,、oh, you were a bit rude to them, or you're a bit cross to them." But I always say, "I make no apologies because they were being idiots, and people expect me to be." I'm not a you know I'm not a fluffy presenter. I'm not. Nobody knows me as that. So I'm going to challenge and I'm going to get cross. But with this particular man that you were talking about, what he was saying was so unbelievably ridiculous that I didn't need to get cross with him. I didn't need to do anything. He was doing it all himself. So there are times where you have to challenge a caller because. The fear is that somebody might go, "Oh, yeah, they've got a point," and you think, "No, you really don't have a." When they talk about racism or, or sexism or something like that, with this particular man, what he was saying was so utterly ridiculous. He was saying that every woman that left the house almost was asking to be raped. There was no chance that there was anybody in the audience thinking, "Oh, yeah, I agree with him." So I kept him on for a long time. And again, I was questioned by my bosses, saying, "Why did you?" He was so offensive. Why did you keep him on?、Mm-hmm. And I said, "The reason I kept him on is because I wanted him to be exposed as the complete and utter misogynistic idiot that he was." And so sometimes you just have to give people. We have an expression here: give them enough rope to hang themselves. And that's what I did with him. And I wasn't even cross with him because it was so ludicrous. It was it was so beyond the realms of reasonable thought that I almost felt sorry for him <laughs> in a way because I thought you're an absolute idiot.、Um, so there are different ways of dealing with people. Sometimes I get cross. Sometimes、um, uh, I let them hang themselves. Um, and sometimes I just ask them questions to a point where they have to admit they have no idea what they're talking about. So it really just just depends on the caller, the context,、um, and、uh, if I've had enough sleep and enough coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit stupid hour, but、uh, you, you did it great all, all, all the time. You know, I listen to your show from 11 a.m. here in China、uh, in, in the summertime because it's just the time differences. But I can sense that how Difficult for you to do 
uh, you know, work almost every weekday、um, from you know from four, and you get up at around two, I guess. And then, you know, when when、yeah. you finish working, the sun just go just go down. It's a kind of feeling. So I I think that's really. Fantastic enough. Now you're taking calls from me.、Um, you know, I'm from China. I'm listening in China. I haven't been to Britain before. So, what, what do you feel about this? Do you feel that taking my calls makes you feel different about China, or perhaps you just think it's normal? I love it. Well, I mean, as you know, being a listener to the program and a contributor, a very good contributor, by the way, Robin,、Thank、you're you. excellent when you call. London. It's not just a city. It is a global city, and. I think it's fascinating to me that people tune into what is basically a local BBC station from Canada, from China, from、uh, America, from New Zealand, all over the world. I get calls from Israel. I get calls from all over the world, and it, it just proves to me that the conversations we have in London are global conversations. I particularly have. Matter to everybody. It's about housing. It's about politics.、Yeah. It's about being let down by politicians. As I was saying this morning, saying, "Look, I, I'm, you know, I'm sick and tired of them thinking that we work for them. We pay their wages. They work for us. Why aren't they doing the jobs that we want them to do?" And I think everybody recognises that emotion, if you like, that that sense. Of politics, you must feel the same in China. That sometimes your leaders don't listen to what the people want; they、sure. just do what they think they want to do. So these are global issues that involve all every single one of us. Every single one of us wants a home and a house. Every single one of us wants better pay and conditions. Every single one of us wants to look after the weak、um, and and the disabled. Every single one of us wants to, you know, appreciate the world we live in. So, in that sense, it doesn't surprise me that I've got listeners overseas.、Mm. It just fascinates me, and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted that of the millions of radio stations there are in the world. You know, you from China will listen to me. You know, somebody in Canada will listen to me. Why? I, I'm grateful. I'm delighted. <laughs> Yeah, still I know I love your show. You know I love your show, and also some other presenters on Radio、Thank、London.、You. Yeah, one of my listeners called Bugai. She wants to ask you a little question related to the royal family.、Uh, she wants to know whether it is, is it true that most British people love,、uh, you know, I mean, just you know, love to know something about the royal family or care about the royal family. Is that true? Yes, I would say so. I, I think it's probably generational,、um, and certainly the next generation up from me. Uh, seem to really love the, the the royal family, and I think that's probably because of the way they responded during the Second World War.、Um, and you know,、uh, people still remember that; they remember what happened after the war. So, older generation definitely have a great love and respect for the royal family. I don't hate them. Um, and I, I watched the royal wedding, for example, because it was pretty and it was lovely. But I could have missed it. It didn't, it didn't bother me that much. My father, by the way, was the royal commentator for the BBC, so、really? he used to do、uh, commentary, yeah, on on the royal weddings and things like that. He was massively、uh, knew so much, everything about the royal family. I mean, he had to as a commentator.、Um, So yes, but I think the, the general opinion of the royal family is that they are loved.、Um, we're not ready to be a republic,、uh, 
Uh, I don't think we ever will be. I think the royal family is in safe hands now with William and Harry and, and Meghan and Catherine and, and uh, you know, the children that William and Catherine have got. So I think that generations, my son probably doesn't care at this point, but they're good for the country. So they're good for the economy. They're good for tourism. Um, so there are those of us that think, yeah, they're okay. But the majority love them and will buy a newspaper with a royal story every day of the week. They yeah. love them. Yes, Patrick. I talked to um, Gail Lovetouse from BBC Radio Leeds in May in my other show. And she talked about the real family in a similar way. Just like she mentioned, mm. uh, people are talking about whether we should get rid of the um, uh, royal family. But generally speaking, they all love to, to watch the royal wedding. They all love to discuss about this. Yeah. They still want to, you know, uh, queuing uh, in the line for hours and hours to see them. So it's great. I yes, mean, absolutely. No, I just saying what's not to like. I mean, they're, you know, the younger ones are beautiful. It's a fairy tale. It's all interesting. Uh, we do, in Britain, we do pomp and ceremony like no other country in the world. You know, the marching bands, the soldiers, we are the best at it. So it's a spectacle, isn't it? It's wonderful. It's theatre. We don't have a chance to experience this kind of thing in China. So um, I'm really looking forward no, to it. Yeah, it's a British culture. We're all looking forward to you know, something different. The final question is from my uh, one of my lovely listeners called Tammy. She wants to ask you, you know, it's a very general question. Uh, did you love, uh, do you love to travel? Or perhaps what is your next travel destination then? Uh, yes. Now, now, when I was younger, when I was a war correspondent um, and I was a reporter, I traveled all the time. Uh, and I traveled to places, uh, obviously, like Bosnia and like Somalia, Cyprus, uh, Northern Ireland, to uh, Nellis Air Base in uh, Las Vegas, um, to report on, on, on the military. And that kind of makes normal holidays very boring. So I haven't traveled for a bit. Um, but I do love to travel. I would love to go to China. I've got a very good friend of mine, actually my son's godfather, who works for CCTV. Really? He's uh, called Jeff Moody, and he presents on yeah, CCTV. I, I know. Well, can I say I watched him on the on CGTN's show? I, I remember him, truly. Yeah, he's he's very very good, and he's a very close friend of mine. Um, so I would love to go to China. I would love to go uh, to Japan uh, as yeah. well, and. I think, I mean, I've been to Australia. I've sort of traveled so much, but there are places that I want to go. And I definitely want to go back to Bosnia um, and to Croatia and to see the changes since, the, since I left in 96 after, during the war. Mm. So I'd love to go back there. So that would be my next destination, I think, would be to go back to Bosnia and um, travel some of the roads that I traveled for two years during the war and to see the changes that have happened. So that that's my next trip, I think. Yeah, thank you so much, Petri. Time is really against us. I really want to hear more you know, more stories about uh, your reporting life but in different uh, war zones. That would really be fantastic. The final thing, let's wrap up the, this interview by just, you know, t- you use one sentence to describe London to our listeners who have never been to Britain before. So how will we say about London? Oh, you can't do it in one. You can't do it in one <laughs> sentence. Um, London is an extraordinary city. It is the most 
giving and the most accepting city in the world. Having travelled to many cities, I know this to be true. The thing is, they say that us Londoners are not very friendly. They say we're not a friendly bunch. Again, not true. We are very, we keep ourselves to ourselves. But the moment, the second, anybody asks us for help, we'll be there for you. So all you need to do is reach out and we'll be there. So if you think we're unfriendly, we're not. If you throw a smile, we'll throw one back. If you ask for help, we will do everything we can to help you. Um, but we tend to be a bit reserved because we're English. But most Well, actually, it's such a mixed city now. But everybody catches the London bug once they've been here a while um, and become British. So, um, yeah, I, I think that London is, is so exciting. It's so beautiful. It's never boring. There's so much to see, so much to do. Um, and don't be afraid of the Brits. We're lovely. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much, Petri, um, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Robin. Best of Diverse FM. That was Petri Hoskin, who is the broadcast journalist, BBC presenter, author and lover of London. I planned to do this episode a few weeks ago, but when I started to do it on the 26th of February, a Wednesday evening, um, it was quite by coincidence, but it's a sad story happening today. Patrick announced that she's leaving BBC Radio London, leaving the show that she has been talking about in this conversation after three and I think over three years. Um, I'm really not sure if this is a good news for people living in London and loving the station like BBC Radio London because it has been getting rid of um, great presenters like James Davis who um, who does the overnight programs on the weekends and the early programs on weekdays. Duncan Barks who has been doing the um, the late night phoning show for a few years. And now Petri is leaving. I truly think Petri is one of the best ever presenters that we have ever been listening on there. I've been listening to Petri with the help of time differences during lunchtime back in China, I think since the day one. And the conversation, the debate, the some of the um, quite interesting perspectives on the show were really, really great. Especially for those people who are working very hard overnight in the early hours to keep the city like London running as usual. They deserve great programs. They deserve great presenters like Petri. So what I'm going to say is lots of love to you, Petri. Lots of best wishes. And I'm really looking forward to hearing back on there somewhere else again. And I'm sure you'll be doing all this again in some different places, but with great quality as usual. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Petri. And uh, look forward to speaking to you on our show on Devils FM on a podcast in the future as well. If you want to tell us anything about Petri, if you have been listening to her for a while, and and you want to let us know how you feel about this conversation, do feel free to get in touch. You can find us on social media at Devils FM on on Twitter at Devils FM on Weibo, or you can send us an email Devils FM at Foxmail dot com. Don't forget to check our website Devils FM dot Weebly, which is W E E B L Y dot com. Many thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the podcast. But until then, bye bye. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website diversefm.weebly.com or email diverse.fm at foxmail.com. Until next time. This is Diverse FM.